Mike, Mike's back. I am back. Greg, Greg didn't answer. Yeah, Greg is not on the line. So it's all up to you. That's a, that's a lot of pressure on me to carry the show. I'm sure you did your homework, right? Absolutely not. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> but you studied for it. You just haven't... He didn't re- take a refresher. Yeah, he didn't cram for it. He's got his license. His Havana Daydreaming license. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an expert at Havana Daydreaming anyway. Well, the year is 2008. It's the 23rd of January, and you're listening to Wasting Away on the North Coast. And I am Schmo here in the North Coast where it's snowing. Mike. Okay, sir. Mike is reporting in from, uh, from Texas. South Coast. And Mickey. And it's snowing here on the North Coast. And it's cold. And it's bitter cold, actually. We're hitting single digits. It sucks. Uh, So I have that to look forward to. Yeah. When Texas Mike comes back to the North Coast. But meanwhile, there's been other things going on where it's warm. (laughs) And that leaves with the what's going on in the world up to segue there, Schmoes. Well, it would be (laughs) if I had anything Caribbean to talk about, but instead. I have a belated holiday gift buying guide because there are a couple things to buy that uh, have hit the uh, news wires. Uh, Jimmy's sister Lucy released a cookbook last month called Crazy Sister Cooking, Conversation and Cuisine with Lucy Buffett, co-written by Anastasia Arnold. It contains over 150 recipes, some stories, and a foreword written by Jimmy. The MSRP on the 300-page book is 30 bucks. But Amazon and Borders are offering it for 19.77 online. Barnes and Noble, on the other hand, lists it as out of stock. Also, longtime coral reefer and Buffett producer Ralph McDonald has released a new album called Mixed Emotions, which I have to admit the nerd in me keeps seeing as Misty Mountains. It's described as featuring a danceable mix of Caribbean-infused smooth jazz tunes. And you can read more about it and hear samples from it at ralphmcdonald.com, and that's McDonald's spelled M-A-C. And uh, special guests on the album include the familiar name of Robert Greenwich and from the CBS Orchestra, bassist Will Lee. And speaking of the CBS Orchestra, its leader Paul Schaefer has some rather unflattering things to say about Jimmy back on January 16 as part of Paul Schaefer's Day and Rock podcast. Are you ready? Here we go. Today in 1996, Bono is on a seaplane in Jamaica with Jimmy Buffett. All of a sudden, shots ring out as the police fire on the plane, piercing the windshield. Turns out they mistake Bono and Buffett for drum rudders on a ganja plane. Fortunately, neither is hurt, which spares Bono the humiliation of dying in a Hawaiian shirt with Jimmy Buffett. For more, click on over to paulshaversdayandrock.com. The spelling is S-H-A-F-F-E-R. But, you know, apart from that Paul Shaver business, the big story is Jimmy's Hong Kong concert back on January 18. Jimmy did a phone interview with Radio Margaritaville during the trip, saying he would also be visiting Vietnam, Singapore, and then Dubai. He also hinted that other big, exciting things are coming up, but he would not go into details. The highlights of the set list were, unsurprisingly, the China songs, Somewhere Over China and Slow Boat to China, which, according to the stats on Buffett News, were played for the first time this century. 
And veering from news to rumors, CNNMoney.com points out a story on Briefing.com is hinting that the Sirius XM merger, quote, could receive approval from DOJ and FCC tonight. And by tonight, they mean now, Wednesday night, as we record this. So who knows, the people listening to this might, uh, might wake to a XM Sirius merger, but there have been rumors like that before, Ooh, so... Yeah. Who knows? Who knows how much stock to put into it? Hmm. That's the news. I didn't really hear everything, anything after Misty Mountains, to be honest. Nerd. So no other. Well, you got any- a lot of uh, a lot of uh, tour issues or, or announcements coming up. Yeah, coming they up, should right? be. They should be. Um, they're talking about actually. Buffett World has a big rundown on when past releases have been announced or announces have been released. However you want to phrase that, and it's uh, it's usually like mid February. So we're we're getting close. It seems like it's about that about that time. Yep, the Coconut Telegraph will be uh, will start humming pretty soon. Well, we had some homework. We had some homework. Greg really voted for the homework and then didn't show. Yeah, what a Greg. <laughs> yeah, Havana Daydreaming. Back to the album reviews. Back yes, to giving our show a purpose. Yes, it's been a long time since we did a, a real album review. I mean, I'm not counting the back set. A real review. Ooh, in that case, it has been a long time. Yeah. So we're back to uh, we're back to basics here on the North Coast. Back to the beach. It's cold here. We needed something. This was a good one because it took us to uh, down south of Florida, even. And even the album cover looks nice and warm. For some reason, Jimmy's in his leisure suit. Leisure, the famous leisure suit painting cover, but it's a cover that spans both the front and the back. One painting. If you have the LP. Yes. Yeah, so I'm looking at the LP in front of us. Uh, this is one of those LPs that came out on ABC with a nice gatefold, and I don't believe it ever had the lyrics. I do not have the lyrics. I think I have the the original version, though it's a cutout mm. in the corner cut album and then when MCA took the gatefold out they had to take the what's weird about the ABC version here is the songs are not anywhere if you bought this, the story you cannot see the song list oh yeah. yeah they're not anywhere visible on the outside edges of this album you have to open up the gatefold to see them that is strange well I and wonder if that might be because the running order of the album was under debate for a long time yes very so. good insight and when it, MCA took out the gatefold, they had to take. They took the font and everything, and took the song order and pasted it on the back part of the painting. And it's got Jimmy in his leisure suit, mustache, long hair, smiling. With a nice little logo, it's a nice little set actually. Some photos inside, and uh, you guys know the rest. Now this was recorded during. A period where he was recording, it wasn't not that long after A1A, and Rancho Deluxe is in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Actually, and then he re- seemed to record a lot more songs than was on the album, right? At least that's yeah, the that's thought. Yeah, it was about 13 months after A1A. The release of it, at least. Okay, so it was one year, but he did shoehorn Rancho Deluxe in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rancho Deluxe, uh, according to... The notes at Buffett News came out only a month after A1A. Wow. 
but they've got three releases in a row for January, so I don't know, do they really mean January, or do they just mean any date in these years? Yeah, that's what, uh, we've had this discussion before. So I'm not sure. But I, I was able to confirm on other sites that Havana Daydreaming came out in January 76, but I don't know, are they just repeating this information, or are they confirming the information? So I, I had no know. idea. I wasn't buying Buffett albums back in the mid-70s. I was buying Monty Python albums back in the mid-70s. <laughs> yeah. And we don't even want to get into the whole gatefolds of those. The uh, Buffett World lists this album and introduces it as Buffett's seventh studio album. Of course, they're counting, I believe, yeah. then Rancho Deluxe he counts and as, the first two. He counts as number four. Cause he's in the got, liner notes. Yeah, right. he's got a dedication that where he says... Oh, what does he say? Here I am at album four. End quote. So, but regardless, this was, I believe, the last album, I know it is, the last album produced by Don Gant. And this was the first, you know, the last one before the Putnam era entered our radar. And though, and before we go into each song, I think it's, it's different, it's produced differently than other songs. Other albums, right? It's got a lot of orchestration or something going on. Does it? The vocals sound funny to me. Different. I don't remember the not, I'm not complaining. It was just different. You mean horns? No, I mean, there's... there's. Well, it sounds like his vocals are... I don't know how... I don't know the way... I can't think of the right words. First of all, I don't know. There's more reverb or something <laughs> on it. And I did... I'm going to say right now because I did... As I listened to it, first song, one of my notes, Wish I Was Sipping... A tequila sour right now. So, well, you, but I was at work. But I mean, it wouldn't even matter what the first song was. Don't you write that? Yeah, I write that. It's that on first, all my notes at work for some reason. The the first line you write on any piece of paper. <laughs> In walls of bathrooms. Anywho. Hey, do we have any other uh, introductory comments? I also, yeah, I also think that. I mean, remember, the Putnam era starts the next album, and that's where I think. Coral Weaver Band is really part of the album, whereas in the previous, it's like a lot of session guys are joined in. Mm -hmm. He says what the Coral Reefer Band is, but he's got a ton of other, including Steve Goodman, joining in, including honorary Coral Reefer's Mike Utley on this album, in the notes. He's not listed as a Coral Reefer Band member, he's listed as an honorary Coral Reefer, mm -hmm. while in the Coral Reefer Band, Fingers Taylor has harmonica and piano. But otherwise, we don't have any breakdown per song on who played what instruments. There's just a lot of session guys in here, I think, and I don't know. I'm just speculating that, remember when Buffett approached Putnam and said, look, with me, I, I have a solid band, you should hear us together. And Putnam said, well, let's make an album with the band instead of, you know, all the session guys that you've been using here. There but are now real coral reefers, Jimmy says in his dedication. Yeah, so I think the band, the real band is coming into form at this point. Well, that's my that's my introduction. And I checked on Wikipedia, and it says that the uh, the little punctuation mark, which in computer language is a tilde, I don't know what it is in in uh, the linguistic term for it, but it's uh, used incorrectly on the album cover. Oh, oh, they say there's no reason for it. And they call the usage of it akin to the heavy metal umlaut. 
where they just put, like, uh, Spinal Tap, they put the umlaut over an N where it doesn't belong. So it's, it's like this. If any daydreaming has, a, has that little uh, curly cue mark over the N for no reason. All right. The other punctuation is, I believe, an apostrophe. Well, yeah, that, that can... I mean, it shouldn't be there either because that's just improper, but at least it's... It's artistic yeah. license. I mean, not improper. It's colloquial, but at least the usage of the apostrophe is proper. Well, it's, I'm sure Mike's itching to get into the first song. Do you have anything in front of you? What's the first song? I don't even know, but... Uh, Go for it. Is it Havana? No. No, it's the, that's the first song on side B or side two. Yes. Shades of I, Changes. There's so much... There's so much shuffling these days, I never even know what the orders are anymore. It's anyway. a woman going crazy on Caroline Street. Ah, I was uh, actually on Caroline Street. Always love the song. It seems like there's a story behind this song, but I don't know if anybody's ever talked about it, if anybody's ever admitted anything about it. Yeah, later, later, and, and I'm trying to think of where, maybe a live album somewhere, he said something about the woman actually being... Uh, transvestite or something yeah I remember that maybe it was one of Jimmy's no it it it, it uh, makes me think of uh, HUD's hooker corner <laughs> and this fits right we're in not gonna, we're not going to be hearing about HUD's hooker corner until later in tonight's show <laughs> this is like a, this song is an early episode of HUD's hooker corner what is HUD's hooker corner HUD has a new weekly feature oh, I can't wait to hear it um, I always like the song. I love the tune, and I love the way they've been playing it live lately. Mm -hmm. yeah, it is Not that they were just playing it. I like the the arrangement or whatever, the version. But my one comment about this song is dapper legs. How do you make your legs dapper? I just picture uh, maybe fancy stockings or something. Uh, I did write an, uh, all kinds of adjectives. Wearing a zoot suit. All kinds of adjectives in this song. You're using adjectives like crazy, but sometimes, I mean, maybe in that sense, they screwed that one up. <laughs> but the other adjectives, they tell you so much more. They tell you a little backstory with just one song, like, you know, she claimed in a loud voice to be a dancer. Why did they have to say loud voice? It's kind of cool. Well, to imply that she's drunk. Right, just, right, but just uh, little things. It's 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 good. I mean, as much as I love Jimmy. That's why. With one word, and it reminds me so much more. I love Jimmy's writing, of course, but it reminds it, it just smacks of Goodman so much if you listen to his other stuff. But it's, it's cool. I love the uh, tune. I love everything. And uh, 25 cent beers, man. <laughs> well, I don't care about inflation. That is cheap. I've been to a place that had 25 cent beers. Yeah, very it was warm. in Westland. Some, uh, it was a very small cup. Yeah, oh, was it? watered down. Probably. Okay. I thought there was a little too much organ in this to be critical. And I love the live version. I said that. Mm -hmm. And the use of the word sweet. Song two, moving on. Yes, move on, move on. It's my head hurts, my feet stink, and I don't love Jesus. And yes, I said it out loud. And uh, of course, if Greg was here, we'd have we'd probably that wasn't the first time we probably mentioned it, but this turned into a popular ditty in the library at U of M Dearborn in college. My head hurts, my data stinks, and my labs do Wednesday. And I, I, we, we once had words for the whole song. Probably seemed funnier back then. Yeah, it seemed funnier, plus we are trying not to study. I mean, I was trying not to study, and Greg, of course, his data stunk and his lab was due Wednesday. He didn't know what to do. <laughs> and it was like Monday night. <laughs> so he had nothing better to do than try to ruin your grades. 
<laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, see how the pattern starts way back then? <laughs> so who does the background for this? Is it the Oak Ridge Boys? Yes. Okay. Way to feed that. me, man. Excellent. I do remember Oak, that correctly, man. Oak Ridge Boys back here. Yeah, the whole production song is funny. This is very Key Westy. He references a lot of Key West places again. Mm -hmm. Now two songs in a row. Duval Street and things like that. A uh, popular song title for those email forwards that your aunt keeps sending you of the uh, funniest country song titles. Oh, is this in the Yes, as I always mention. Matter of fact, they talked about it in a recent car talk, but Click and Clack gave the, uh, gave the song a shout-out, but they either got the title wrong or they deliberately cleaned it up, as you will hear in this little audio tidbit. And we're broadcasting this week from the Making Hank Williams roll over in his grave department here at Car Talk Plaza. <laughs> yeah, we discussed this some years ago. Country music song titles. But it's been a while, and since people are writing new songs every day, we thought it was time to check in again and see what's on the country music charts. Is this like, I can't get over you, babe, so get up and turn off the light yourself? <laughs> yeah, that's not on the charts anymore. But these apparently are. Are you ready for this? <laughs> I am ready, because these are always beauties. <laughs> How about this? This is, a, this is a classic. My head hurts, my feet stink, and I don't love you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we've all been there. Some of us more than others, or at least one of us more than others. It doesn't even make sense that way. But anyway, and yeah, I like the song too. It's a, it's a pretty fun song, especially if you if you are suffering a hangover. It's uh, it could be a uh, nice little theme song for those couple days until you do start to rally. How many times have you? privately sung the song a little bit to yourself at least the title <laughs> I mean I have it, it comes to mind anyway I'm usually not in the, I don't think it's funny at the time or that funny but yeah it does come up cut number three is a one of the many versions of the captain and the kid mm -hmm. yeah this has to be a killer cut even though it's uh, it was already on a Buffett LP and was it would be later on on a Buffett CD and live at least but it's still a great song a couple times yeah it really belongs on this record though it's good this is what I call the orchestration version this is the heavy strings on this song um, I'm questioning if it was too much or something but and and I I, I mean I'm, I'm not really that embarrassed I didn't notice or never remember noticing this until Today, listening to it, at the end, there's crickets. Oh, yeah. Of this version. And it's it really, it's like he's actually doing, actually he's like doing it on the patio at Primetime Joe's, like one of our podcasts. <laughs> it's kind of, it's a nice touch. But it almost doesn't fit all that orchestration. I don't know. It's weird. I guess that would be true. If you looked at it Still, that it's way. a terrific if song. If you based it on the cricket noise. We've talked about this song many times, so... Cut number four is written by Fingers Taylor, Big Rig. And this, it, to me, is the worst song on the album. <laughs> I don't mean to be negative. I'm just, it's just not, but uh, it never fit as a Buffett song to me. Never. I mean, I, I, I can still, I don't turn it off, I guess. Uh, I skipped this one, actually. Yeah, I hate to, uh, hate to agree with you and ragging on the song because I should like it. It's my kind of song, that bluesy type thing is what I usually like. 
but the one thing that really bothers me is Jimmy's vocals. They're really lifeless, and that's a problem that I have with some of the other songs on this album. Oh, really? Yeah. He's got a different kind of vocal thing going on, like we're going to get to cliches later and stuff that I like. And it that didn't, wouldn't sound lifeless to me, but he's not doing it here, so... Yeah, this is just... It doesn't... It's not a Buffett song. I don't know where this came from. Yeah. That doesn't bother me that much. It's just... I just oh, don't like the way the song's song. It's a finger song. And yeah. And he probably liked it. Or was just throwing probably fingers at Bone. good in a, in a bar. Yeah, I think... Because Fingers wasn't even close to really recording anything yet, as far as uh, I could find in Wikipedia. Anything before... Nothing before 84 mm. is attributable to him. So, uh... I think he's just, yeah, throwing fingers at bone, basically, and fingers is definitely showing what kind of music he likes to write and perform. Wasn't there a stretch right about that period of time when trucking songs were big? Yeah, probably. Is it this mid-70s? It sounds like that. Maybe Convoy was around there. You're right, Convoy. Yeah, it, it doesn't bother but me. It's not a song about song. the islands because Jimmy's done character songs before. I mean, uh, West Texas or West Nashville Grand Ballroom Gowns about trucking. Yeah, that's true. So, and you know, we've never had a problem with that song. But yeah, course, I'm not. I'm he not does say the f word in it, and that kind of tips the scales in the favor in the song's favor right there. Right. I'm not. Yeah, not hating the song. It's just not a. And, and it doesn't have to be islandy. To be buffety, but whatever. It just definitely. It would be the one song yeah. that doesn't fit. Now you take this time to that there was a few songs supposedly recorded for this album mm-hmm. that are not included, right? And yes, well, the album was originally going to be called Second Wind or Kick It In Second Wind, and it had songs such as Please Take Your Drunken 15 Year Old Girlfriend Home and Train to Dixieland and uh, Wonder Why We Ever Go Home was scheduled to be on this album. And supposedly a completely different version of Kickin' in Second Wind was recorded. Those songs were taken off and replaced with Woman Going Crazy on Caroline Street, Havana Daydreamin', and Clichés. I also have a... I have... I'm writing from Buffett News. They say two rare versions of this album are rumored to exist. One contains the drunken 15-year-old girlfriend song on Train to Dixieland. Mm-hmm. While another version contains a song We've Been Taken to the Cleaners... And I already had my shirts done. Yeah. That's okay. the only mention of that song I've ever seen is yeah, in that little blurb. It's another variation exists. I can AJ, they actually have a serial number. ABC D-914A does not contain Woman Going Crazy. Instead, it has Kick It In, Second Wind, First Song, Side A. The last song on Side A is The 15-Year-Old Girlfriend, Not Defying Gravity. And I can see why they took both uh, Please Take Your Drunken 15-Year-Old Girlfriend Home and We've Been Taken to the Cleaners and I Already Have My Shirts Done because that's just way too many novelty songs per album. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like the 15-Year-Old Girlfriend. And what about the song? Please take your It's cute, but I, I don't 
don't think it's album material. That's like B-side material. Yeah, um, the uh, Church of Buffett Orthodox had four or five of these second wind acetates available on the site. I don't know if they still do. So I'm uncertain if I should include clips of them in tonight's show or not. about the different versions of the vinyl but in CD yeah MCA screwed up as usual so the first the, it says uh, where well, I'm reading for Buffett News original CD info compact disc compact price I think that's what I have no liner notes or photos that's not the original CD release the original yeah, was the two for and then the two on one CD information probably came first mm-hmm. right so very comprehensive. Because I was there, I did not buy that CD just because of what you're about to read. Yeah, it says very comprehensive liner notes for both changes and Havana Danger. By comprehensive, they mean producer credits. Uh, okay, because they didn't have everything. And uh, MCA cut in the shelter yeah. to make it all fit, and that's why I don't have it either. Yep. I waited and waited until they released this on its own CD. So That always bothered me that they could just edit things out that they felt like I know. It's unbelievable. Well, back to the album. We're still on side A or side one, depending if you look at the album cover of the LP itself. And, uh, well, this song sucks. Define Gravity. <laughs> Nothing. Wow. <laughs> My Mike's delivery. Shock. Oh, my delivery was so bad. 
Hey, Mike, there? I didn't Mike, hear it. Schmo I, just said your song sucks. I just said the next song sucks. It's Divine Gravity. Oh, jeez. Definitely baiting me. I know, I was just baiting because I love this song. Do you? <laughs> yes, I like this song, yeah. Well, I suppose I should come clean and say that this song really doesn't grab me. And I'm being honest. Oh, really? You're pissing me off, Mike. <laughs> Look at the speaker shaking. <laughs> it's turning red. And your new guitar is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> Coming out of the speaker. Uh, I, I always liked the song in the tune. And then, look, it's written by Jesse Winchester, which Buffett's used a few times. Mm -hmm. Biloxi and Nothing But a Breeze. And uh, reading up on Jesse Winchester, of course, I think we all know that he took off for Canada when he got a draft notice and and his songs do he does a lot of the longing for the south thing and this song does have a little bit I never noticed it until today it does have a little bit of that near the end but in the in a way of course it's talking about being high or something the song but it is a like a longing for to get the to get out of Canada and get back to his normal life but he was stuck anything to add Mike uh, as you guys well well aware, it's one of my favorites. I've always found the song depressing. <laughs> really? Yeah. Maybe it's just the descending melody, or uh, probably more so the lyrics, but I've always felt the song depressing. Well, I always had to listen to Big Rig so I could just get to it, you know, back in the... It's a simple song. I mean, there's not much to it, but that's good. It paints a picture. Wrote it just goofing around. <laughs> He stole my review for the next song. Oh, shit, sorry. I waited to the end. Flipping the uh, the LP over and putting on side two slash B. Yes. And what do we have? The title cut. What is the album? Does it have the little tilde or whatever you call it? Yeah, he's got it on the... It, I mean, it's there. It is. Back, it's really huge. It's the song It goes from the A to the A. Is it actually printed or did, is it like drawn on there. Yeah, it could very well be drawn on there because it's it's spaced funny. Yeah. It looks funny. You could tell they, the, the font didn't I wouldn't exist. even think that they'd, they'd have like international characters on, <laughs> ready on your uh, on your inner stickers or whatever they call that. Oh, inner right. sticker? Well, label? Yeah, there you go, the label. <laughs> but uh, the imagery of the swirling cigar smoke and the green water really paints picture to coin a phrase. I agree. And it's definitely the LP's killer cut. Yes, and I, I can't agree. I can't do anything but relax when I hear the song. Yes. I just relax yes. just sit back it. in the chair and just say, ah yep. <laughs> and yep. close my eyes and let it paint the picture. <laughs> Mike says, yep, yep, yeah. I can't <laughs> then let him get a word in there. <laughs> I can now, this has always been a uh, standout, definitely a killer cut. Yeah, number one song on the album. And it sounds like it came in late mm -hmm. with, the, with this, uh, the copyright in this album is 75 and 76. It's like all messed up. I wonder why we ever go home. It had been started on Rancho Deluxe, didn't make this album, and then it looks like this one came out of nowhere, and it became the title. That's my theory, anyway. Well, song number seven cliches and I've gone back and forth in the song over the years 
I've always liked it. I don't, I've never been down on this song. I wrote down, it different was the word. The song has a different kind of hook. The vocals different. The vocal style he uses is a little different. Yeah, it's I, just different. This has the, uh, the vocals have the same problem that uh, bugs me in other songs on this album. Really? See, now I, I like it because it's but I, different. But I do, I can take this song better than I can take some of the other songs just because it's got a faster pace, but I still... There's something about Jimmy's song or singing style on this album that just really annoys me, and that's why it's it's one of my lesser favorite of his albums. It is understated. He doesn't put a lot of energy into it. It's very different. laid back. It's different. He's got a lazy singing style, though. I mean, every line that he sings kind of just tapers off. And yeah, that's what this one does, but it's like on purpose. Yeah, and, and, and every year, the, the song, the song that really, I guess I could jump ahead, the song that really irritates me with that is Kicking in Second Wind. But Mike's pointed out, when I complained about it to Mike before, he pointed out, well, that's kind of the, the feel of the song, is that you're waiting for your second wind to kick in, so you are singing lazily. But irrespective of that it still bugs me <laughs> listening to it just bugs me I just don't like that lazy singing style that he's got on this album to me the more we talk about it now the more I think that was probably a focus of this whole record yeah like a relaxing kind of thing the production it's had like Day Dreaming like feels said, like that the whole thing Defying Gravity I can't put a, my finger on it but the production is just different than A1A and uh, also the sound of his vocals is really distorted. That's what I mean. There's a different sound. Yeah, it's really overmodulated. And I always used to joke that since it's mid-70s, they were probably all coked out of their brains and didn't realize until after the recording was done that everything was in the red line. And they okay. figured, and Jimmy said, oh, I, don't want to, I don't want to do my vocals anymore. I'll be off on my boat. And so they just had to... They had to live with the recording they had. Maybe they had, had strings and everything. Yeah, we, had to, we have to cover up the fact that Jimmy's voice is completely distorted. It's just, it's and definitely it, different sounding, the whole album. And this is a focal point of that, and it always was too for me. But that is, not that I was annoyed by it, I just noticed it. Yeah, it does bug me. And I just like every month of the year, it could be June, that line. Favorite line maybe on the album simply because, man, that's true. <laughs> Here on the North Coast. June would be a That's good month right. to have every month of the year. Very sensitive <laughs> to that on the North Coast. Yeah. Now we come up on a couple songs that were co-written with Jimmy and Jane. Buffett World and the liner notes, everything have is it as Jane uh, Slags Hall. Yes. Something So Feminine Manlin, I would say, is my second least favorite song on the album. Yeah, the song but is nice. pretty well forgotten, but... I have to admit, it's grown on me over the years. It was never a big favorite when I first started listening to this, but I don't mind it now. It's got it's got a certain charm to it. Yeah, I, I, I think you have to just be older, and I'm older. There's no mandolin in this song, right? No, I don't think so. There's no credits for a mandolin, and I didn't really hear one. <laughs> you there, Mike? I'm here. What do you think? Not one of my not one of my favorites. You guys know that. I think I've complained about this before. Oh, okay. Have you? I know someone did. Yeah, this is one of the ones I skip on a regular basis. Well, then she she kind of made up for it with "Kick It In Second Wind," and apparently there was a couple versions of the song. I mean, I don't know how drastically different they were.
funny. I did write down same vocal style as cliche, and then I don't say it as a complaint. I just say, I do. I just pick it up and you have the annoyance. And I always hated the reference to the Coke. You know, you can't just yeah. sing this with the kids in the car or whatever. It just it just bugs me. And of course, it's the of the day. Coke Coke was like nothing back then. He wants a you know carbonated beverage. I just uh, kick it in second when this leaves us to the Steve Goodman cover. This hotel room. I really like this song. It's a fun song, and I think of it every time I go on vacation. Every yeah. time I step. I do too. Every time I step into a motel room, you know, gotta check see if there's a TV guide, see if the yeah. bed has magic fingers, and the song is just running through my head. Exactly. The, this is one I of those songs. Of it every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Mike's starting I'm to think about. Sitting in a hotel room. You're Except. starting to think about it when you go home now. <laughs> Mike's and I always think of it, the one line about uh, in the mirror and it couldn't be me in the gorilla disguise. <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is one of those songs that might actually, I may like it more every single time I hear it. Just a tiny, tiny bit more. It always improves or something. It's a great, uh, the, the whole Holy Bible TV guy, thank God Almighty, it's a TV mm-hmm. guy. I mean, the, the whole juxtaposition. The gorilla, I listened to Goodman's version. Too, and uh, he doesn't say gorilla in disguise. Oh, he, really? Yeah. yeah I'm gonna have to check that he out might just repeat know. "Mirror That Lies," "Mirror the Lies," "Mirror the Lies." That can't be me. It's the mirror's lies. That's right. I think he does do that. He just says "Mirror That Lies," which is consistent with the re- you know, "Gorilla in Disguise" comes out of nowhere because he's always repeating, you know, the line before. Cool. Cool. So to Jimmy for coming up with that and line. Steve Goodman's version is just him playing and picking and stuff and I like the I mean Jimmy's version is faithful you know it was was written when Goodman was just sitting in a hotel room looking around he had nothing else to do looking around him and he wrote a song I like I like what Jimmy did with it with the the lyrics but also yeah the background singers and stuff there was uh, different than Steve Goodman's Brings the album to a lively close. Brings this exhausted, lazy, sloppy-sounding album to an enjoyable close. <laughs> I'm telling you, he did it on purpose. It's the understated tones. What? But what came out of this was of the record. maybe Jimmy saying, "Look, we got to do something different here." And then you go to our episode, blah blah blah, whatever one it is, <laughs> where we talked about Putnam and how he got a hold of him and. Oh, the end I can't of producing his next, show. his next album. And Mick is going to... Oh, the Roger Klein podcast starts. Well, the uh, concert in Mexico is over. I think I call it a rousing success. I don't care. I do. I loved every song that came out of it. Every single thing that came out of it. Every video, every song. And uh, I know someone who ripped all the songs and has put them on his iPod and has been listening to him while walking around or working out stuff like that someone I know <laughs> he's really good looking and smart too <laughs> not what I heard <laughs> and uh, there's some good stuff that it's really fun I'm you know it's not you, rocket science it's just it's just making songs on there are standouts I do and mercy Mercy, I'm telling you, that that could be a killer live at a live show. I know, I can't wait. 
I can't wait. And the North Coast gets Roger here around the, is it the first week of April? Yeah, April 3rd. And that's the end of our client podcast. <laughs> I scared you back in your hole. Yeah. And, and plus the, uh, my guitar news. Oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. Your guitar okay. news. I thought that's what we were going to talk about. The Chad Heckler podcast. <laughs> Chad Heckler, the custom guitar maker, completed. I don't even know if we talked about this. We must have completed Mike's. Well, go ahead, Mike. What did he finish? I uh, finished up the custom guitar for me, made from the same uh, wood, actual pieces of wood that the uh, guitar that he made for Roger Klein was made from. So you have the sister guitar to Roger's own guitar. Yes, so there's a close relative. The twin, the fraternal not, twin. Yeah, not a, yeah, it, right, exactly. It is not exact because I have yes. it's personalized and, uh, you know, my specification the way I would want it, and uh, it's awesome. He delivered it in a nice case. He had a DVD for you with the slideshow. He had a series of more than 150 pictures that he put on a DVD and showed the whole making of the, the guitar all the way through. A little wedding video. Yeah. And my God, yeah. salty tears. <laughs> He's watched it more than his wedding video, I guarantee it already. <laughs> I hear you're absolutely right. <laughs> and you've been playing it since the guitar party? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that, I, you know, every chance I could get, my fingers are still hurting. <laughs> my playing hasn't improved, but the quantity has improved, has increased. That's cool. I just couldn't get over, yeah, it's nice and solid. I just can't get over how heavy those things are. And it seemed, yeah. you know, extra heavy, being so solid. It was sweet. It's just, yeah, it's amazing. The sound, too. It's so far superior to the Fender guitar that I have. It's just That's immediately cool. apparent. Even if you put it without an amp, you can still tell the difference. Huh. It was funny to hear you and your son and Chad all play it. And, and then somebody who could actually play it. Well, it just, it just sounds different each time. It's weird. That's kind of why I wanted Jim to come over, too, because we would have got another another take on it. He was yeah. working that night, but couldn't make it. I know he's got a lot of stuff going on. Was he sitting in with another band? And... Yeah, he's got another acoustic deal with uh, like a smaller, like a three-piece thing. He's got Government Honey still, and he's Google Cafe all over the place. Once in a while, there's been some Taylor stuff, but... which brings up... Hud's Hooker Corner. Oh, yes. All right, you guys going to fill me in on what this is all about? In the streets of Downriver, there's also an area known as Hooker Corner. These are true stories of life on Hooker Corner. Working last week, forgot what day, doing uh, liquor stings, compliance checks. So I'm up in Taylor, and there's three cops sitting in the car, me, doing paperwork, and two others, and they send the underage decoy in. Well, while we're sitting there, some woman comes up and knocks on the window, looking for directions. Nope, not at all. It's, it's a, I'm sitting there filling out 
forms for uh, liquor sting, and she goes, uh, I'm like, what are you doing? She goes, looking for something to do. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. I'm thinking, so I'll start going, uh, what, are you, what are you looking for? She goes, looking to be bad tonight. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? She goes, make a little money. <laughs> like, to a cut. To, yeah, three of them. Yeah, but I'm filling out this form, and it's got on there, you know, police, and it, everything's written right on it. So I'm filling out this form, and I'm talking to her, and uh, she goes, looking to make some money. I'm like, well, how are you going to do that? She goes, looks around, just like you would like, you would expect. She looks around, like, both directions. It's the middle of the night. Nobody around. We're the only ones in the parking lot, and goes, whispers, blowjobs. I'm like, oh, really? What's something like that? Where And she goes, well, 20 to 25, it's my specialty, and uh, don't be afraid to tip. So we're like, unbelievable. Yeah. So, usually, uh, your tip should be included. So, so then the kid comes out from the store, he doesn't buy it. We're like, so, uh, how about uh, the boy in the back? How much for him? And she's just like, uh, well, yeah, I can do him right now if you want. She goes, uh, you guys should just get out of the car and stand outside while I do it. It won't take long, only a minute or two. I'm good. <laughs> I'm just shaking my head. And she's nasty and ugly looking and small house. And uh, the female, one of the cops with us is a female, and she's from the state. And that's what we were like, so uh, what are we going to do with her? And uh, she's like, I don't care. What do you want to do? So this is all going on. Like, we're going to buy her, make the deal. And then finally she says, well, let's just do it. So I'm like, all right. So we get out of the car. I'm like, hey, you're not going to believe this. I said, but we're all cops. And uh, they're under arrest. She looks at me and goes, really? I said, yeah, the wrong car to pick tonight. And I said, so, you know, drugs, needles, what do you got on you? And she's like, I've got nothing. I'm like. Come on. I said, I know you got to have something. She goes, well, I've got a stem on me. I'm like, all right, give me it so I don't have to search you. Reaches down the front of her jeans, pulls out a glass crack pipe, which is a, they call stems, and she pulls it out, and she holds it up like and she's handing it to me. I'm like, where'd that come from? She goes, oh, my body pocket. I'm like, I don't want that in my hand. I said, you can drop that on the ground. I'm like. Oh man, this is nasty, <laughs> ugly, and she pulls it right out of something in the front of her, and it's like, yuck. So, but she looked when they we took her into the station. They gave she gave her birth date, and I'm like in total awe. She's ten years younger than me, uh, and she, and she looked way older. Six kids. From 2 to 19, it's like, oh my god. So that was the fun for the week. <laughs> that's, that's this week's hooker story. That's we this week's hooker corner. Short summers.